It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife. I am Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and so thrilled to have you here. It is my last show of 2022, and boy, I don't know about you, but 2022 has been a heck of a year for me. I started the show in March. Three weeks after starting the show, I got hit with a breast cancer diagnosis, which flipped my world upside down. Had to do a lot of changing, some deep soul searching, kept the show going. And I'm honestly here to say that um, I'm truly the happiest I have ever been as an adult. My tumor taught me a lot. And today's show is all about how to make your own happiness at midlife. Because, you know, midlife is a roller coaster. There is so much going on. You might have teenage or in my case, adult kids and aging parents, and maybe you're going through menopause yourself, having your own health crisis, dealing with resources and finances, finding your purpose. And sometimes just wake up and you feel like, God, I just don't feel like myself anymore. Where's my joy gone? And I'm really here to tell you whatever you are going through, you can change really happiness, joy, confidence, energy, all of those things that we want more of in our lives are really, it's an inside out job. And, you know, today it can be so hard because there's so much bad news on all fronts. Um, And increasingly more and more women are struggling at midlife. We are facing challenges both at home and in the workplace. And, you know, there sometimes doesn't seem to be all that much to be happy about. But the good news is that you don't have to wait for the world to get better to up your happiness. And my guest, who we will be getting to in a few moments, Mary Mitchell, is going to show you how to generate your own happiness no matter what your current life circumstances. So whether you are listening to this live and it is the end of 2022 or you're listening to the to this in the future, I think one of the most important things to do is really review. And that's something that I have been doing over the last couple of days. I also turned 60 a week ago, which was uh, interesting because, um, gosh, I feel like a little kid. And I'm so happy with my life circumstances, even with my cancer diagnosis, I feel so healthy and vibrant and alive. But, you know, I had to really think about this thing called ageism, right? Is it sort of out there? It's this ism we don't talk about a lot. I talk about a lot here on the show. Just really realizing that, gosh, so much to celebrate. No matter what age you are, it is so much about uh, really living your life to the absolute fullest, which is what um, I have been doing. And really focused a lot on setting intentions. I know this time of year, we think a lot about New Year's resolutions, and I'm here to say, New Year's resolutions, forget about it. (laughs) And Mary is laughing. She understands that, right? It's New Year's resolutions are all about like, what's wrong with you? Like, oh my God, I'm in debt. And I, you know, my waistline's larger than my bus line. And these relationships aren't working. It's always about like, being a failure, not being good enough. It's all about like keeping all the self-loathing on yourself. So I'm here to say, let's 
push the New Year's resolutions away. And I welcome you to set some New Year's intentions. And I'm here to help. I'm actually doing a New Year's intention setting workshop on January 11th. The link to grab that is in the show notes. You can also go over to my website, themidlifewhisperer.com. You can connect with me there or over at Instagram at the underscore midlife underscore whisperer. If you want to know about the workshop, it's totally free. It's going to be awesome. It's going to help you to have more joy, more confidence, more energy in 2023 and really be working from this place of self-love, which is so much more powerful than self-loathing. Believe me, I did the self-loathing, loathing perfectionist dance for, you know, most of my life. And one thing that my breast cancer taught me, the tumor was just let go of the workaholic, let go of the perfectionism. We are all imperfect beings and really lean into loving myself and really doing more of what lights me up. This year for me is really all about more joy and less oi having more joy, having more happiness, having more confidence and more peace. And you know, before we bring Mary on, I wanted to share some of my lessons that I learned in 2022. I sent this out to my email list this morning. I've been doing a lot of, again, this sort of looking at my year. And I again encourage you to do that, to look at what did you learn? How did you grow? What challenges did you face? What good habits did you make? What do you want to change and transform? How do you want to grow? And most important, how do you want to feel in 2022? Because it really is all about how do you want to feel? And when we when we step into the feelings that we want, that's when we really manifest the joy, the happiness, the confidence, the peace that I think all of us really want. So here's five lessons that I learned this year. First, you can generate joy, that lasting, powerful state that results in feeling peaceful and content every single day. So these days I'm starting my day off with my morning meditation, thinking about how am I going to really expand in terms of joy and happiness today? So you can generate more joy, more peace, more happiness, all of those things. Number two, health is everything. And you know, if you aren't healthy and as whole as you'd like to be, you can heal your body, your mind, your spirit, and your life. And being healthy doesn't have to be complicated. This year, I will be have been a dietitian, registered dietitian for 30 years. And I'm just always amazed at like the, the newest pill, the newest fad diet. Most of it is totally BS. If you want to be healthy, it's really all about eating more plants, eating less and eating, eating more unprocessed foods. So eating a whole food plant-based diet. So getting in those fruits, those veggies, and eating till you're satisfied, not stuffed. So really working on the emotional eating and really looking at food as a way to nourish and nurture your body, getting sleep. I have been, you know, really focusing a lot on getting sleep. I'm amazed at the power that sleep has in terms of our well-being, physically, mentally, spiritually, getting your water, having good positive relationships. So health is everything, but you can really transform your health. And I've done a lot of soul searching, even though I was very healthy. My breast cancer diagnosis made me realize that there were areas of my life that I needed to work on. So you can heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and health really is everything. Number three, you are never too old 
to fall in love, to learn, to grow, to find your purpose and feel like a kid again. Again, I turned 60 a week ago and I celebrated my butt off. I went to Quebec City. I had this amazing four hour, 20 course meal. Just had a blast with my fiance, Ken. It was wonderful. And, you know, you only live once. And I'm really focusing on living my life to the fullest. I feel like I've reunited with my inner child. Number four, family, however you define it, is so important. It is key for your health and your happiness. So you've got to nurture and nourish those important relationships every single day you know when your kids are productive and when they're happy and they're balanced it brings you joy so your kids your grandkids your spouse all of those relationships your friends your fur babies you've got to really nourish and nurture those relationships um and number five kindness and gratitude never go out of style uh helping others helps you and has a ripple effect i know that part of my passion and purpose is helping midlife women to really rock their midlife and to find their purpose. The Dalai Lama says that the world will be saved by the Western woman. And so if you're listening, you're probably midlife woman living in the West. And I, even though I've got actually listeners all over the globe, but you're here to make a difference. And maybe that difference is making an awesome cupcake and delivering that to your neighbors. Maybe that difference is volunteering, uh, teaching kids to read or doing hospice work, or maybe it is doing a podcast. Whatever that is, you are here to make a difference in the world. You decided to be here for a reason and the universe needs your light and love. The planet really needs you right now. So, uh, and I guess the final thing too is confidence is so necessary and confidence really comes from being authentic. I've learned a lot about social comparison this year and just being my best damn self, not looking at other people and being authentic, interacting with others from that place of confidence. The word confidence, the root of it is confined, learning to trust my true authentic self. And I think when you show up as yourself, you feel super confident because let's face it, nobody can tell you you're doing it wrong and there is no one like you in the universe. So let your light shine. So that's my little kind of end of the year thing. And just sort of, as we jump into this wonderful topic of happiness, I can't bring wait to bring on uh, Dr. Mary, cause I know she is a, she's a rock star when it comes to helping people with their happiness. It's really an inside out job. You know, as the Talmud says, we do not see things as they are. We see things as we are. And it's so important to understand that you are the author of your life. You are responsible for your happiness and your mindset is everything in terms of being happy. Just think about for a minute, the last time you were maybe at the beach or somewhere really beautiful, you could go walk down the beach and you could think, oh my God, it's hot. It's sandy. There are bugs. I forgot my water. It's crowded. Or you could be on the beach and think, wow, look at the ocean, look at the sky, look at the waves, look at all these people having fun. Isn't this marvelous? But your perspective is so important because we really see things as we are. And the more we look at the world through this lens of um, seeing the good, that doesn't mean that you don't take care of your difficult emotions. It's We're not talking about toxic positivity where we're Pollyanna and everything is always marvelous. It's not, 
but you take care of your difficult emotions. You love yourself, but you understand that, you know, you can't blame other people. If you're not happy where you are in life, I have uh, telling you, you can be happy in 2023, grab a piece of paper and a pen because we are going to dive into happiness with my next guest. She is Dr. Mary, Mary Mitchell. She is an author. She is a speaker. She is a teacher who is sharing ancient truths, truths that transform lives. She has literally helped thousands of people from inmates to CEOs attract the happiness that they want. She's going to reveal the steps that you can take starting today, starting as we flip the calendar to ditch the anxiety, the stress, the worry, and seize that joy and choose happiness and success every day even if you feel like you're surrounded by negativity. So welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Dr. Mary. So awesome to have you here. Thank you so much. You know, I don't know if I could add too much to what you said. You've done a beautiful job so far. Well, thank you. So so I'm curious. Um, I know we talked a little bit off the air. How did you get here? How did you get to this place? I know this is like a third act for you where you are sharing joy and happiness, you know, at all ends of the spectrum, both people. I know you've done a lot of um, prison ministry as well as helping highly accomplished people. How did you get to this place where you're, you know, a bit of a happiness guru? Well, I have to go back to when I was a child. When I was 10, my father died. And my mother had to go to work to save our house and raise two teenagers. Well, I was 10. And she was so darn happy. <laughs> I mean, they were soulmates. And yet she was so positive. There was nothing wrong, nothing wrong. You know, And when she was barely scraping by and when the milkman came to the house, we could get a chocolate milk. When the... Um, Red man came by, we could get a cupcake. And so my brother and I were oblivious to it, but she was so darn positive. Well, when I was 16, I read The Power of Positive Thinking, Norman Vincent Peale, and I went, he couldn't have written that book. My mother wrote that book, you know, and I was so, wait a minute, that's my mom. <laughs> and yet, as I grew older, I realized it was her whole family, grandma, brothers, sisters, everybody. They grew up in the Depression. And no matter how hard it was, grandma always said, make it fun, make it fun. And so they did. And uh, so we grew up with that attitude. And so I reread that book a dozen times and I decided I'm embodying these principles. I'm living these principles. And so I did. And it, my life has just been a magical ride, really. I, uh, <laughs> my mom always said, become a secretary then you'll always have a job. And I thought, okay, I was a little space cadet. So I did, and I did that really well. And then finally, I realized, well, there's got to be more to life than being a secretary. And I thought, I want to do something really big. So I decided to go to college, which girls didn't necessarily do back then. And I had been working in a lumberyard. And every time a person in the office left that job, I'd go to the boss, I'd say, I want to do their job. And so I would just keep coming up the runs, learning all the pieces of running a business. And uh, when I decided to go to college, we lived near Ohio State University, and I thumbed through the course catalog, and I went, oh, my God, there's more than being a secretary in this book. And here was a course in, in managing sawmills. And I went, I want that. <laughs> 
So I have a degree in sawmill management. That's crazy. But it's interesting because it's kind of when I, you know, talk to people about finding their passion and purpose. We kind of know, but I think what happens so often is we hear all of these other voices that are saying, you know, you should be this, you should do this, like your, you know, your story, you know, girls shouldn't go to college or you should be a secretary and you just got hit with this. So how did the forestry management lead you into this being, you know, a, a motivational speaker and talking about happiness and also the the, the prison ministry? Well, the interesting thing is, um, as soon as I got out of college, I was hired by Crown Zellerback up in Puget Sound to work with sawmills to buy wood waste to make paper at their paper mills. So it was a nice connection. And with my attitude and men's attitude, like, aren't you home making cookies? Why aren't you doing that? Uh, it, it was a fun thing to be challenged just to be successful. And I was very successful. In fact, the, uh, the pulp mill named a tugboat after me, <laughs> my moment of fame. Anyway, um, I was married 21 years and I had worked so hard that my husband had an affair and I, they brought in a tough boss. He was really difficult. And I thought, this isn't worth it. So I applied for a job here in California to work with sawmills, to buy their wood waste, to burn, to make electricity, wood fire power. And uh, I came to California to do that. And it was, it was a great time. And I really love that. And then during that time, I, I wasn't dating or anything. And I thought, man, I got to meet some people. And my first night out, uh, I met a whole bunch of people from uh, the center that taught the science of our mind, the power of positive thinking. And I went, I am home. So I've been taking classes since 1991. I've taught over 100 classes in this theory because it, it applies to every part of your life. And I became a practitioner, a minister. Uh, after 30 years of uh, helping the parent home, home office, I got a doctorate. It was very nice. And during all that time, I wrote a magazine article for seven years on the power of positive thing, on the power of the mind. And a prisoner tracked me down and he said, I'm, I was incarcerated at 19. I'm 36. And I don't know how I'm going to survive life without parole. He, he was incarcerated for murder. Can your philosophy help me survive? I said, oh, absolutely. So we corresponded 13 years. And I saved every letter because he's very, very intelligent. And he had been studying all ancient history. He's African-American, African studies. Brilliant man. But he didn't understand this trick of happiness of looking at things from a different perspective. So once he started doing that, and he argued with me for a few years, uh, he started to find things working out more. And so that now, led you to the prison ministry, which is so interesting because I think so many times the the world just points us in the right direction. Right. He said, he well, in his letters, because we made it into a book. In fact, this is the cover of the book. I it's one it's oh, it's there, uh, there. one prison journey journey of transformation 
Let's see. How do I get this on? Oh, don't worry about it. that's okay because it's most mostly audible, but okay. it's by uh, Michael Nichols and Mary Mitchell. It's one prisoner's journey of transformation. transformation. So, for people listening, so obviously you, you work with prisoners, people who you know the gentleman that you mentioned, uh, Michael Nichols, who have really uh, in very dire circumstances. So, if somebody's listening. How do you find happiness when your world seems absolutely devoid? of any joy, any happiness. And, you know, you can't feel like you're like literally in a cell in a box and you can't crawl your way out. Yeah. Well, I have to be very blunt with them. And one of the first things I say is my favorite author, Raymond Charles Barker, says unhappiness is lazy thinking. Now, that would be insulting, but it kind of jars people awake. What do you mean lazy thinking? I'm a good thinker. No, Lazy thinking about unhappiness is not creative. You're not going to be creative if you aren't happy. And if we indulge in it too long, it becomes self-destructive in very many ways. That's interesting too, because it just goes back to neuroscience where the brain is really, it's it's that negativity bias, right? We're much more comfortable being unhappy than happy, which I think is so bizarre. Well, you can find a lot of friends who will agree with you that the world's going to, you know, where. And uh, if you buy into that, then you, you're you limiting yourself on the amount of happiness you can have. Now, my a hairdresser one day, she knew I taught classes in this, and she said, I am so sick of all my clients. All they want to do is come in here and bitch and moan. And I started laughing, and I said, well, what are you going to do about that? And she said, can you recommend a book? And I went, these kind of people aren't going to read a book. So I went home and I wrote a little pamphlet. There's another way to regain happiness. And I gave it to her and all the other beauticians in her shop wanted one or several. And so they started handing them out. So it was really cute. And um, the most important thing is it's a choice. It's a choice. You wake up in the morning. What am I going to do with this gift? of this day. What am I going to do? I give gratitude for everything I have. That's a good way to start out a day. But also, what am I going to do? Am I going to smile at people or gripe at people? Am I going to do my best today? Because that will carry me somewhere. I don't know where. My my path through life has been just amazing, unexpectedly. And um, what are you going to do with it? Name three things that you carry with you every day as a burden. Now, turn them into a positive statement. This thing that I was carrying as a burden, if I look at it as a step to happiness, hmm, how would I do that? What would I do? Because a lot of the things that I want to say, like, depress us, are there to kind of kick butt to move forward. Where? What is the gift I'm getting here? If I looked at everything as a gift, what is the gift? And then there's gratitude and then there's joy. So it's it's all an internal thing. So it starts with a decision. You have to stop complaining. <laughs> stop telling others how unhappy you are. And then let your conversations begin with something positive. Oh, the sun's shining today. Yay. Oh, it's raining today here in California. It's a miracle. We had rain yesterday. It was like, oh my God, everybody's happy. So uh, it's a choice. It's a choice every minute of the day. It's so interesting. Why do you think so many people blame other people for their situation rather than seeing that I am responsible for my own happiness? I find that so many people blame 
how they're feeling on their external situation. And they, as you said, complain and worry, which is like praying for what you don't want. Why do so many people blame others and their situation rather than taking responsibility for their personal happiness? I think it's scary. They're afraid. There's fear. If if all these other people can't do it, why do I think I can do it? It's um, it, You have to be self-motivated. You have to want, you know, you mentioned intention. That is powerful energy, intention. Because that's what our subconscious mind does. It look, It's on the lookout all the time for what we're intending to do with life. What we're worried about, what we doubt about, what we're, all these things, subconscious mind just soaks it up and it's like a magnet and it draws to us like energy. So if I'm depressed, I hate, I want to get out of there right away because I know <laughs> once you prove it to yourself, you never want to go back. And, and so it's, it's quite interesting. For instance, one of my friends who should have known better, so to speak, <laughs> uh, had been complaining for months about her car. I don't like this car. It's falling apart. I can't get a new one. I'm afraid to drive it, blah, blah, blah. And one day she was driving down the street and the car caught on fire. She got out and watched it burn out. You know, everything is energy, everything. A piece of car, you put it under a microscope, there's atoms running around there. You know, you either fill your car with love or you don't. She filled her car with worry. I don't know. Many people would say, I don't know about that. But here's another one. A friend of mine had a job she just hated. I mean, I got to get out of this job. I need a break. I need a break. I need a break. So she was going to the movie theater and tripped over one of the cement things and broke her shoulder. Mm, got a break. Okay. A couple months later, she said, I still hate my job. I need a break. And she fell down and broke her wrist. And then she connected the two. Because when you're, when you're worried and fearful and don't like something, you're distracted. You're distracted from walking. And she said, oh, my God, tell everyone I did not change my story. I didn't change my story. I need a break. So those kind of things make me laugh. But that's how simple it is. And with so many people being unhappy, it's like, oh, wake up. You're creating a situation in your mind that draws like unhappy energy. And my minister years ago used to call it the Laurel and Hardy organization of the universe. <laughs> Laurel says, I need this, or I have this problem. And Hardy's on the copy machine saying, here, here comes more of it. Here comes yep. more. So yeah. uh, it's an that interesting is, thing. It is, it is very true. And I think that the first step is just realizing it and understanding yeah. the power of your mind and that you can change. I think also I would say concrete things to do as again, we're looking into the new year is be really judicious about your media consumption. I was on, we had a show a couple of weeks ago um, uh, with a woman who has created a, a, the Goodness Exchange. Mm. Um, and it's all about good news. When you sit, and I know these people, you walk into their homes, right? And the TV's on 24 seven, it's wallpaper and the world is going to hell in a handbasket. So I'd say, and yeah. specific tips that I would, I give my clients all the time is turn your phone off, be judicious about your media. Um, notice the thoughts that you have, and also notice who you're surrounding yourselves 
with, you know, are you surrounding yourself with positive people who are fun and are happy or are you, you know, hanging out with people, like you said, who are, you know, breaking the wrists, breaking their hips, complaining all the time, because we do, everything is energy and we do pick up other people's energy. So speaking of energy, we are going to have more energetic, positive vibrations. We're going to take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we are also going to talk about methods that you can let go of anger because anger is a very toxic um, emotion that so many of us feel. We're going to talk about the value of letting go of the past and the future and tips for discovering who you are meant to be. So stick with us. We're going to take a little break. I am talking to Dr. Mary Mitchell, and I am Dr. Ellen Alberts in the Midlife Whisperer. Check out my website, themidlifewhisperer.com. You can email me from there. Contact me if you are interested in joining me for my intention-setting workshop. It is free. It's happening in January. 11th, and I would love to see you there. We'll catch you on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause, and trying to find work life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com, for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. 
Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rock Your Midlife. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you have been a listener for a while, I really appreciate you tuning in. If you are new, welcome. Please do leave me a review. I would love to know what you think about the show, the kind of guests you'd like to hear, and it also helps other people find the podcast. So leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And before the break, we were talking with the amazing uh, Mary Mitchell, who has happiness in her DNA, but she has worked with a lot of people who've struggled with happiness, and she's got so much to share. And um, I want to talk about a number of things in this half an hour. Let's start with talking about letting go of anger. You know, anger is, it's a very toxic emotion, but the interesting thing about anger is it's actually pretty high vibe. And I find, you know, it's much higher vibe than depression. So, so often when people are kind of feeling sad and depressed or they're looking at world situations, it's so easy to go into anger, but anger is so toxic. It generates stress, it generates cortisol, and it doesn't really serve us unless it kind of can motivate you to take action. But how do we deal with persistent anger? How do we let it go? I love it because here's the simple answer. Everybody is doing the best they can in every moment of the day. Now, you'd say, oh, that that can't be the best. That's a drug addict. That's a drunk. That's a this or that. It's a criminal. No, it's the best they can do in the moment. It is the best they can do. And when you look at that, what comes up through your heart is compassion. That's the best? Yeah, for them it is. And that that takes a lot of the energy out. The compassion just relieves that anger. And so for my um, prisoners, they get angry a lot because in prison, that's what people do. It's the guards and the the inmates. And I said, what if you realize that that guard's doing the best he can? Because he thinks none of you care. He's doing the best he can. He has to go home to his family at night and he'll come back and do it again. And oh my God, what a difference that made. What a difference. So I encourage everyone to, to stop and think, oh, my God, that's the best they can do. I would say pray for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but certainly it, but yeah, it's I, really it's powerful. And I think it also goes with show yourself compassion. So when you get angry at yourself and who doesn't, so many of us, we do something stupid or we make a mistake and we're like, oh, I can't believe I did that again. But you can turn it within and just say, you know what? I was doing the best that I could. And as long as we learn and grow from the situation and also just, you know, understanding that we're all one. I, I, you know, we're, we're so tribal as human beings, you know, who belongs, who doesn't belong, but we are all one species. And we have to understand this idea of common humanity. We all make mistakes. We're all doing the best we can. We are all on this planet. So that that's a beautiful way to deal with your anger take a breath Rather being angry when that person cuts you off or gives you the finger when you're driving, just be like, hey, God love you. And good, you know, you're going, who knows what you are actually going through and what what's happened to you in, in your life and understand that they're doing the best. So let's talk a little bit too about finding your passion and purpose. And so what's the gift of being involved in a larger sense in the 
the repairing, the healing of the world. And how do we do it? How do we find, like you found your place kind of magically, right? You, you know, you started off with what you, you know, knew you wanted to study in college and you loved it. And then you started this, this prison ministry just kind of happened. And I know a lot of women at midlife are kind of scratching their heads and going, I know I'm here for a reason. I've kind of lost my joy, my confidence. I don't feel energized about getting up in the morning. I feel like I'm dragging myself to work every day. So how do we find our passion and purpose and really get involved in terms of the larger scheme of things? You know, I ask people that a lot. And, and the first thing I ask is, where are you volunteering? Where are you giving your time, your talent, your treasure? Where are you giving of yourself without expecting anything in return? And a lot of people say, I'm not. I'm too depressed. Well, there's the problem. If you go out and just volunteer uh, at, a, at like a discovery shop or Salvation Army shop, or you read to children, like you mentioned before, or anything. There's so many people hurting in the world. I volunteered my time as a minister at the um, crisis center in Reading for a year. And I met the most depressed, difficult people that I ever didn't even know existed, actually. People walking in winter without shoes, people with mental health issues. And I just went in there and I was just there to talk. Hi, how you doing? What, what is on your mind today? And once we could talk, it, it just relieves some tension. There's somebody who cares. You know, it's just magical. One of the things I do in my classes uh, that your listeners may appreciate is I give them a big chart, piece of chartboard paper. And I say, lay it on the floor and draw a big circle in the middle. Now, under that circle, draw three things that you're carrying around with you that you're angry about or frustrated from about the past. You're dragging this crap along with you. And on top of the circle, give me three things you're afraid of for the future. What are you worried about for the future? What are you worried about? What, you know, am I going to have a job? Am I going to, whatever, whatever. Now put that paper on the floor and stand in that circle. That circles the present moment. You can't change the past. Why drag it around? You can't fixate on the future because you haven't got a clue what's going to happen. You're in the present moment doing the best you can. If you stay in that present moment and get an attitude of gratitude, things in the future will come into place. And things in the past you'll finally let go of. If you can let go of the crap and embrace the unknown with love and excitement, what's going to happen today? You know, it's a whole different way of living, but we are all on that razor's edge of the present moment. It's the most powerful moment. It's the most powerful place you can be because what you're thinking right now is going to create stuff in your future. It is really true that you see it too, right? So if you're looking and you're seeing the world as a hostile, angry place, well, that's what you're looking for. I mean, I always give an example of, of um, years ago, I was looking for a dog and we decided that we were going to get a Portuguese water dog. Oh. I'd never seen a Portuguese water dog before. And all of a sudden, Portuguese water dogs were everywhere. 
Yeah. Or when I was pregnant, I never saw pregnant women. And then all of a sudden I became pregnant and there were pregnant women everywhere. everywhere. So it really is, again, this inside out job that if you, you said we have this present moment. And if we are looking with kindness, joy, compassion, confidence in who we are, wonderful opportunities and connections show up. Whereas if we're, you know, walking around with a, a, a gray mask over our head, looking at everything as like dangerous and terrible, well, that's what will continue to show up in our lives. But the cool thing is you you can stop. And I love this idea that you, yes, you can, you can stand in that circle of your life right now. And I love you know, this idea that we do, we do get this clean slate, you know, in 2023, as we're starting a new year where you can decide, you know what, I'm just going to look for the good. I'm going to have more joy, more happiness, more confidence. And, you know, I love that you said too about volunteering and someone might think, oh, what? I don't have anything to share. Well, yeah, you do. You do. Especially at midlife, you know, you, and it, you doesn't necessarily have to be with people. I know a lot of people volunteer. They just pick up garbage on the street. They help with nature. They like right. doing things in nature. We have two, I live on an island in Lake Champlain and we have two beautiful nature areas. People, you know, pull out the invasive species of weeds. We do bird watching to track what's going on in the bird populations. People pick up the garbage. Um, I sometimes, you know, take a look at the lake and see what kinds of, you know, bacteria are there and monitor the lake. You can volunteer with animals. There is just a host of things you can do. And you have talents and abilities. Every single person on the planet has skills and abilities. So look at everything you are and all you can do and not all, all of the deficits. They're there. You know, I recently started listening to everything by uh, Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's so amazing. And he says, if you're older and you don't know what you can do, find your dot. That thing that you're good at, that younger people haven't got a clue about. And then do something with that. Because younger people are looking at this world like, oh, my God, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just so many unknowns but he said for older people you have a dot a specialty and for me that's negotiation when i worked in the timber industry i was constantly negotiating contracts and at one point i had to hire a log buyer because i was overwhelmed and i thought i got a good one he wasn't very good <laughs> and i thought how did what did i learn how did i learn negotiation so i started writing and i thought I'm going to tell him how I learned it and what I learned. And I gave him my top 10 tips for negotiation. And it's in a brochure I've gotten. Sometimes I talk about that. But when he applied some of those, he immediately started having success. And so that was my dot. That's, that's the dot. And I hope to write a book about it because I had a lot of experience with difficult people. <laughs> Think longshoremen, unions. I mean, macho guys who think I should be baking cookies. I mean, that's type of things, you know. And then there was one fellow who, uh, first time I went into his office, I knew, new customer. He sat me in a chair lower than his desk and all around his office were heads of African animals. And on the table next to me was a lamp made out of a zebra's leg. All intimidation. Mm-hmm. And I, in my uh, top 10 tips, I said, ignore it. He wants you to feel inferior. Hell, I'm not going to feel inferior. I'm going to say, okay, let's get down to negotiation. And that meant 
he wasn't ready. He thought the intimidation would carry him through this. But no, if you can ignore all these ego statements, uh, it helps a lot in negotiation. And so do you have other tips when I'm talking to midlife women and relationships are always uh, a sticky thing for so many women? Um, tips on how to deal with difficult people. You have a couple of top tips that people are thinking people they're in relationship with, whether it's relatives, friends, your boss, people at work. What are your, sort of your top three or four tips for dealing with difficult people? Well, the first thing, most difficult people are trying to intimidate you. And if you ignore that and just treat them kindly, it, it kind of stops them. One day, uh, a business owner next to the business I ran got mad because one of our people parked too close to his business and it limited the parking. And he came over and he was shouting at my secretary. And I said, oh, hi, what's the problem? And he said, she's parking right there. And I said, oh, well, why do you think shouting at her is going to help? He walked away and he turned around and said, I apologize. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you come at him with opposite energy, mm -hmm. it, it kind of stops things. Now, in a relationship, you, of course, want to know patterns of that before getting in a relationship with uh, people that have anger issues. That's a whole nother subject. Yeah, no, it, it, it can be difficult and sometimes people don't change and it's time that you have to sort of cut ties. And I think it's a big issue at midlife of where we are reevaluating relationships. I work with so many women who are thinking about divorce, right? They've been in the relationship and they've yeah. changed and their spouse hasn't changed. And sometimes it, and that certainly is okay to say, it's time for me to move on and to yeah. say also too, that there are, there are wonderful people out there too, to, to be in. I think so many people are, as you mentioned a lot, number of times, fear keeps us from mm -hmm. happiness. We are, you know, we're kind of, we're comfortably uncomfortable. We know what it's like to be unhappy, to be stuck. And we're afraid that we won't be able to get to that happy place. So we don't even bother starting. Well, here in Redding, California, when I teach some classes at I'll hear men say, oh, there's no good women in Reading. And then women say there's no good men in Reading. And I always tell them, you're right, because that's what you're attracting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. So if you want to change your attitude, we'll see what happens. I'm always amazed when I talk to women about midlife and I met my amazing fiance and literally like three weeks after sort of putting myself out there. And he's just incredible. And we're super happy that there really are beautiful people out there but you do as you said you have to put on the the happy glasses and believe and look for uh the wonderful people instead of thinking that they're they're all a bunch of schmucks and there's nobody great out there so one of the questions i get from people so often is you know how do i find my my passion and my purpose clearly you know you are wonderful at finding you know your dot your genius zone on so many levels if someone's listening and says this all sounds great but i have absolutely no idea what i'm awesome at what my genius zone is what my dot's supposed to be where do you start trying to hone in on finding that that dot i would i would say whatever you may be doing during the day or a week or a month where you feel joy. Mm, is it playing great. with children? Is it, Hey, it could be going to lunch with someone and then you learn, well, then we should go out and take walks and we should go do this, or we should go knit with a knitting class, or we should go country line dancing. I mean, there's, there's a million things to do in the world, but what gives you joy? What kicks up your energy? 
And that's a sign. And then there's a dozen ways or 25 different ways of, of approaching that. Yeah, look look for the joy, more joy in your life and do more of those things that light you up. And I think at the same time too, to make space for it is getting rid of the things that that are distractions or sap your energy, sap your joy. A lot of times what I'll have clients do is just make up, take a big sheet of paper and on one side, put all the things that drain your energy. And then on the other side, put all of those things that light you up, that make you feel joyful, that energize you and then see you know, on the things that drain you, what can you actually stop doing? What can you eliminate from your life? Well, and and that's another thing I liked about Tony Robbins. He says, if you're doing something that's a waste of time, what are you doing? You'll never get to that joyful place if you're filling up your time, even an hour here or there, doing something that has nothing to do with anything. Well, it's also really helpful too to actually take... Uh, track your day and look at like, where does all of your time go? Like for me, I'm really trying to carve out an hour of the day to just do things that I love. I'm been working on playing the ukulele, you know, doing more reading, doing more writing, but just carving out that hour a day. I think that if we just got off our cell phones, when you think about how much time people spend, I don't know, I'd be curious, what's your cell phone habit like? And, and how do you help people sort of find the time to do more of what lights them up, what brings them meaning and happiness? You know, it took me years to even buy a cell phone because I really cherish my uh, my hours. Now I don't even turn it on. <laughs> and people say, I tried to get you on your cell phone. I said, well, don't do that. I never turn it on. I don't want to be interrupted during the day. When I go to write a story or an article or or work on something, I need like three hours of time. And uh, I realize I need it. And so I rearranged my day to have three hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon of uninterrupted time, except for people like you. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate that you've taken your valuable time to spend (laughs) and share. So I'm really curious, what Um, What does spirituality mean to you? And how does one, and how have you found your spiritual practice? Obviously, you went back to school to become a a minister. So how do you define spirituality, and what does it mean to you? First, I'm more scientific. And when I learned that it's all energy, the rocks, the the paper, the paper clip, the, the computer, it's all energy. And it it takes form but it can change form like water goes from to gas to uh you can freeze it you can boil it you know and and energy takes a lot of different forms and when i realized that i started paying attention to where i'm using my energy is it going to help me or is it going to drain me and now i teach classes in that because if you're down on no good women in red, <laughs> that's where your energy is going. And if you come to classes and learn how to think, am I thinking positive or am I thinking negative? And you just have to be the guardian of your mind, the guardian of your mind. Because who wants to be around grumpy people other than grumpy people? Now, right now in my life, my husband has... Um, He's had two bad hip surgeries and can't walk without a walker. And he's got short-term memory loss. So it's all being very challenging for me. And so every morning 
I have to look at the day and just be fully present, present moment, present moment, and be there when he asks me something six times and laugh when he forgets what we just did. And so it's a whole new um, part of life and it's going well. Um, but sometimes I think, you know, our soul has a journey that it's taking and it's going to be continuing on the journey when we leave this this human form and maybe part of his journey has enabled me to have blocks of time to do my work i don't know you know it's a mystery but i look at it that way how is his incapacity helping me that goes back to your earlier point of seeing everything as a gift even you know most people would be like oh my gosh i'm a caregiver this is so difficult I am losing my patience. I don't know if I can take this anymore. And you're like, well, gosh, I'm learning patience. I'm learning compassion. <laughs> it's slowing me down. So yes, I want to know if you, how do we, how do we bottle you, Mary? So I guess we have a couple <laughs> more minutes. What's, you know, if you could sum up the, the two or three things of, of obviously it's about positivity is like the most important thing in terms of happiness, keeping your mind positive, seeing positivity in various things, staying focused on those things that bring you joy and happiness. What's What are two sort of parting words that you would give people who are really wanting to be happier, more joyful, more confident, more energized in the coming year? Number one, realize that being positive is energy at work for you. Because when people say, oh, positivity, it's like, yeah, I said a positive thing, but hell, it didn't work. So no, so you just negated it all, you know? And so you have to pay real close attention Am I really feeling positive? Am I really feeling gratitude? Am I really glad it's raining here in California? And, and stay in those mindsets. And it takes work. It takes work. Because we get in these ingrained patterns. Yeah, and I would say, too, in terms of, of knowing and, and realizing it, I feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. because emotions are felt experiences in the in my body. So right now, because this this uh, conversation has been so effervescent that I can feel that effervescence. I feel it in my in my gut. You know, we talk a lot about the microbiome and this this sort of living gut we have, which is so important for our immunity, even for things like depression. We are finding that the the microbiome of people who are depressed is different than the microbiome of people who are happy. So just feeling that in your body of saying, how am I, am I feeling joyful today? Am I feeling energized? And if I'm not, maybe you can, you know, answer this and I have some of my own ideas. What's one or two things that I have in my toolbox to shift my vibe? For me, it's, I can listen to music and dance around. I can hug, you know, the people in my household that I love. Um, I can sometimes just lie down and take a nap. What's sort of in your toolbox? When I'm sure you have those moments where you're just <laughs> dealing with your husband and going, I just told you that and you asked me again, I'm going to scream because you're human. What's like oh. the one or two things that you have in your toolbox when you feel like, oh gosh, I'm not in that positive, happy place that I want to be. And we only have a minute. So maybe one or two okay. super it's quick things. It's a confession. I love country line dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on a country line dancing group before I remarried and I, I love it. So even though my husband doesn't care for it. When I turn it on and dance around the living room, I am on top of the world. <laughs> All right. So country line dancing for you. Yes, for me, music, dancing is so, so awesome. So 
want to say thank you so much for joining. How can people get in touch with you, get your books? Dr. Mary, what's the best way for people to reach you? My website is Engaging Grace, because that's what I think we're doing all day long. EngagingGrace.me. EngagingGrace.me. So if you have enjoyed this conversation, if you want to grab Mary's books, and I know she's got more coming, go to EngagingGrace.me. That's EngagingGrace.me. Thank you so much for being here. I wish you all such a beautiful 2023. Again, if you are interested in that intention setting workshop, it's happening on January 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to record it as well so that you can grab that if you can't make it live. If you make it live, you will also get a free copy of my book, Rock Your Midlife. The information is in the show notes. You can also go to my website and connect with me there or go to uh, my Instagram, which is the underscore midlife underscore whisperer, and you will be able to get all that information there. So really, I the bottom line is you are in charge of your happiness. It really comes down to guarding your mind. There are so many amazing books and people out there who can support you, but it really comes down to you. So have such a beautiful 2023, a happy new year. And thank you so much. I'll see you next year. I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Take such good care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.